0: On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 22nd episode of the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast for 2017, we catch up with the Eastern Devils' Lou Watton, the London Swans' Critica Rample, plus our State League's rap with Alison Schiller, Lauren Hodgson, Aaron Russell and Matthew Cox. That's all coming up on the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. (laughs) I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 22nd episode of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2017. Our third season on the air and a quick reminder you can listen to this podcast as a radio program Wednesday evenings from about quarter past six Australian Eastern Standard Time on digital radio in Melbourne through RSN Carnival. And a quick reminder that on RSN Carnival this weekend we're bringing you two Swiss Wellness VFR women's matches. Both going to air at 1 p.m. First of all, on the Saturday, we're bringing you the VU Western Spurs versus the Cranbourne Eagles. And on the Sunday, the Cathwatton Cup match between the Eastern Devils and Darabin Falcons at Mulgrave Reserve. Again, Saturday and Sunday on Sunday on air both days from 1pm. This, of course, brings us to our first guest, a two-time Helen Lambert medalist. That was the VWFL Best and Fairest. She won multiple club Best and Fairest at the Devils, is a six-time Victorian representative and twice All-Australian. She played in AFL exhibition matches with the Melbourne Demons in the first two years of that series. And then, of course, in 2017, played in the AFLW with the Collingwood Magpies. It's great to have on the line Victorian footy legend Lou Watton. Lou, thanks for joining us. And well, a lot's happened, hasn't it, since we spoke to you last, back in September, when you announced you were coming out of retirement.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, Yeah, obviously um, got lucky and and got picked up by Collingwood and managed to play three games. And then um, now I'm back playing for the Eastern Devils.
0: Back at the home, you love the Eastern Devils and they love you as well and your family, and that's why they've gotten around this very special day that we talk about every year, the Catherine Watton Cup Day. Now, just to give people a bit of insight that haven't come across it yet, how did this day all come about?
1: Yeah, um, I think it was in 2011 um, the VWFL had a round dedicated to ovarian cancer And and I approached the league because in 2006 my mum passed away from ovarian cancer. So, uh, yeah, approached the league with this idea that um, we wanted to have a a cup in her honour and raise awareness for this cancer that doesn't really get much awareness. And um, we happened to be playing Darabin that day and um, they got around the cup. So, um, yeah, it's been going ever since.
0: And to show how much Darabin's involved, I believe, in fact, the first actual Catwatton Cup wasn't actually played at the Eastern Devils home ground.
1: No, it was actually played at Darabin's home ground, and they allowed us to have a function up in their club rooms as well. And each year they've been fantastic supporters and and thrown a lot of financial backing um, to the cause as well.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the fund that you're raising money for, the Catherine Watton Scholarship Fund. Uh, what's the genesis of this idea and how do you raise funds and what does it go towards?
1: Yeah, look, my mum was a nurse for 37 years and, and she loved being a nurse and um, I guess when my mum was going through her battle, we really saw that there was a shortage in, you know, specialised nurses in this area. Um, they didn't really know a lot about it and... Um, you know, people with this type of cancer would kind of just be grouped in with other cancer patients. Um, so we thought that it was really a, a, an idea of one of mum's good friends, and they're all nurses as well, to, to develop a scholarship that we could, you know, financially help um, nurses train in this area so that ultimately they could give greater care for people suffering gynecological cancers.
0: And of course, you've now got this scholarship fund which has been running over several years and from looking at the website, I believe four scholarships handed out so far.
1: Yeah, look, in the early stages, I know my mum's friend had a target of how much money she wanted us to raise Um, and I didn't think we'd ever get there, but um, you know, we've had tremendous support along the way and yeah, we've managed to give out four scholarships already.
0: Absolutely fantastic. Now what's some of the creative ways that you've gone about fundraising for the Katherine Watton Scholarship Fund, which of course all ties into this Kath Watton Cup day?
1: Yeah, look, we've had a number of fundraisers across the year. We've had, you know, breakfasts, we've had a launch um, of the scholarship. Um, we had a big ending party of the scholarship, which raised a lot of money. Um, but you know, ultimately each year on the calendar, we do have the Cath Watton cup, which, you know, brings in a lot of money as well. So, um, now we've, we reached our target. So, um, you know, we're relying on, um, interest from the money that we've created already. So now we're really just trying to create a lot of awareness around this and, and get the word out there.
0: One of the very special things that you do on the day is wear teal jumpers, and I believe the players can buy or they're auctioned off along those lines to, to raise money and raise awareness of the Cathwatin Day. Yeah,
1: sorry, I did leave that out. That was a major fundraiser. We had a um, sponsor in Megabolt that kindly um, you know, bought the set of jumpers for us, and um, yeah, so we could. Um, get the players to purchase their teal jumper. Um, teal is um, one of the colours over ovarian cancer, that's why we chose, chose that colour.
0: And of course, uh, for those that might not be able to afford to buy a jumper, there's many other ways to donate and buy things. Of course, you've run the famous cake store, uh, which Christy Williams keeps talking about at Mulgrave Reserve, as amongst, <laughs> as, as amongst many other things that happen on the day at Mulgrave Reserve.
1: Yeah, look, we'll have a raffle going um, with great prizes as per usual, but our famous bake sale um, will be on. Um, All the Devils girls get in the kitchen on the Saturday and and bake up a storm, so I'm sure there'll be some really good treats um, on Sunday.
0: And it's also turning out to be an extra special day for you there as well um, at Mulgrave Reserve because I believe you're tying it in also with a sponsors past players type day as well.
1: Yeah, we've invited a lot of our past players back and we've got a function um, being run on the day um, with some of our past players speaking. So that'll be really, really special to have them there as well. And um, and we've we've had a big drive with sponsorship. I think we've got more sponsors than we've ever had on board um, and a lot of them are player sponsors. So we really want to recognise um, the contribution that they make to our club.
0: Now, of course, your sister Joe, being our presidente, uh, has in the past also pulled on the boots on this day. Will we see a return of Joe Watton wearing the teal jumper, running out there on the park this Sunday?
1: Look, I think I'm going to be the only Watton out there on the field this Sunday. Um, yeah, Joe has done in the past, and even my elder sister Amy, who's never played a game of footy in her life. Um, was trying to tell us that she'd get a game. But um, yeah, it'll only be me this
0: weekend. Well, at least we'll have to get Joe running running or running the water or something <laughs> like that. Tell her to get out there and do something, Joe. No, just only yeah, kidding. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's going to be a big day. And as we said, Darabin are a fantastic part of it. And I guess talking on field matters for a moment, a big challenge for the Eastern Devils in the context of your season uh, taking on uh, a Darabin side that's just started to find some winning momentum.
1: Yeah, you know, I guess, you know, and no one really knew what the VFL the would be like this season with, you know, certain AFLW players being rested and, and that kind of thing and a bit of movement um, across the team. So, you know, we've had a bit of an up and down season uh, so far. We've played some really good footy and, and footy that we'd like to improve on as well. Uh, we had a great, great match against Darabin in round two. So, um, yeah, it's, it looks to be a pretty good match this weekend.
0: And hopefully plenty of people can get down there. Now, if I'm correct, is it three games that might be on uh, this weekend? Will the seconds and reserves both be uh, heading into this match?
1: Unfortunately, our, um, our third side, um, their game was actually moved just due to a fixture change. But um, it'll definitely be our um, Divi One side and obviously our senior side down at Mulgrave this weekend.
0: So plenty of action from 12 o'clock for those that want to go down there. And if people want more information, uh, Lou, about the Kath Watton Scholarship Fund, uh, is there a website they can go to? Yeah,
1: we've got a website, cathwattonfund.org and also um, we've got a Facebook page as well.
0: And just finally, before I let you go, Lou, how are you enjoying being back in the black and white of the Eastern Devils running around on Mulgrave Reserve again, two years after the famous Watto Week?
1: Yeah, well, I never thought I'd be back there playing, and um, I'm actually, I don't think I've ever enjoyed my footy any more than I am at the moment. So um, its it, I really feel like I've come home and, um, yeah, being back with my devil family now.
0: Will we see you in AFLW in 2018?
1: We shall see. I mean, I got delisted from Collingwood, so it just depends if anyone um, wants to give this old girl another run. So. Um, To be
0: confirmed. Let's hope so. Everyone's (laughs) cheering for you. Lou, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy and all the very best on that special Cath Watten Cup day this Sunday. Fantastic. Thanks heaps, Pete. And again, don't forget, we're live on air Sunday, 1pm for a 2pm bounce down to bring you the Cath Watten Cup match between the Eastern Devils and Darren Falcons at Mulgrave Reserve. You'll hear it on RSN Carnival Digital Radio Melbourne and download to your phone the RSN Racing and Sport app to be able to hear it via your mobile phone anywhere around the world. And talking about around the world, let's head over to the other side of the planet and London. And of course, we've been doing a big focus on the AFL London Women's League, which has been going great guns this year, doubled in size to a Two division competition and one of the new teams that's taking part in the conference division is the London Swans and I've got on the line from the Swans Critica Rampo. Critica, thank you very much for joining us here at Girls Play Footy. How are you? Good thank you. How are you? Not too bad at all. Not too bad. We have to ask the question what's an Aussie doing in London? I mean you kind of
2: have to ask what are thousands and thousands of Aussies doing in London. Um Personally, though, I, I came over to take a year out from, from work. I graduated university, was about to start my graduate job and thought, you know what, I'm going to take a year out and just, just go and have some fun, um, work a little bit, travel Europe. So basically the exact same thing every other of you
0: here is doing. The important question, of course, is what city are you normally from back here in Oz?
2: I'm I'm a sydney Sydney so and, and also a Swan's fan, so... Um, I'm kind of a little bit out of place here with lots of Melbourne people, but I am the only Sydney Sider, almost.
0: Well, it's very apt that a Sydney Sider, if I was the Sydney Swans, is playing with the London Swans. So the question is, how did you find Aussie Rules football first in the UK? I
2: I actually was really missing um, football when I came over because I generally go to every game every week. Um, whenever the Swans are playing up in Sydney. So I sat down on Facebook one day and typed into the search bar, uh, footy London, some odd search term, and the London Swans popped up. So I like, well, this is probably meant to be. So I uh, messaged Loisey, who is the coach of the men's, and just went down to a training session and have been there for about three months now.
0: Now, I have to ask the question, were you playing footy back in Sydney or have you just taken it up now in London?
2: No, just taking it up now in London. I watch, you know, I watch footy and I play in the backyard and have a kick around with my brother who plays footy. But, um, you know, I just came over to London and I thought, why not play? I never thought about playing, but I thought it's probably as good of an opportunity to play as any other.
0: Now, of course, this this year in the AFL London uh, women's competition has been a year of expansion. They've gone from four teams to now eight teams, a Premier Division and a Conference Division. One of the new teams, of course, is the London Swans. So how did the idea, I guess, at the Swans' end of the perspective come about that they were going to create a women's team? Well,
2: we're we're in the Conference team at the moment, and I think it just came about from the girls having a kick around um, last year. So a lot of the girls are partners of, of the boys and the team and having a kick around I thought why don't we also have a team where you know we're here every week as well so we probably deserve to have a go out
3: on the field as well.
0: And of course you've managed to get a side up which is absolutely fantastic and if I'm correct it's not just Aussie expats playing the game is it?
2: No not at all so we've got people from Ireland we've got an Irish rugby player we've got a lot of um, Great Britain players we've got in the team as well. So we're kind of a a ragtag collection of everyone from all over
0: Europe as well as um, Australians. Is patience, I guess, one skill of playing this game, particularly overseas, particularly for those that are new to the game, as you mentioned, an Irish, a Swede, uh, and, of course, the English, of them having to uh, learn the skills and learn the rules, something, of course, to you that would have come naturally over a lifetime?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I think a lot of the girls uh, came into the team and were a little bit apprehensive because they didn't know they didn't know what the goals looked like. So they were, they hit, a ball hit the post and they weren't sure what what actually happened. Um, so um, we we kind of started from zero with with the girls. And but I mean, it's quite an easy game to pick up once you start playing it. I think um, the rules kind of come with playing every game. And honestly, some of the girls who've grown up with footy we kind of don't have have the skills there. So you've got an Irish rugby player who can kick the ball incredibly well, whereas me, who's who's kind of – who's been basically grown up on footy, I kind of had to work on that area. So a lot of the girls came in with um, incredible um, technical skills but not as much – not an in-depth knowledge of the game, whereas I kind of had an in-depth knowledge of the game, but no technical skills. So I think there's a, there's a, we kind of just met in the middle somewhere and the team just kind of clicked.
0: Now, as you said yourself, you sat at Google and you knew what search terms to, to put in to try and find a footy team in London. Of course, for the girls that uh, aren't Australian, that are new to the game, how did they find you or how did you reach out to them to recruit them into the London Swans?
2: So we, we've got a lot of um, we've got a lot of recruitment techniques, some kind of overt and some very unintended. So we've got a lot of um, players joining in through uh, word of mouth, essentially. So someone saying, you know, we we've got access women's team, come down for a kicker training. We Kind of accost people on the tube as well. So one of our players goes um, up to everyone and just says, Do you want to join? You know, just come down to training. We train Tuesdays and Thursdays at Regents Park. Just come down. It's honestly so much fun. And I think. Whenever we we do recruit people like that they come to training and they said they didn't realize how much fun it was going to be so um, I think at the moment we we do a mix of you know things on Facebook as well as a lot of word of mouth and just getting our friends to come in and join because that's how you have fun
0: and how's the recruiting been like so far what numbers you've been able to get out in the park to play for the London swans so
2: when we first started we had about Um, five girls come to training so in the pre-season we had about five and we actually fielded a team of 22 um, a couple of I think it was a couple of weeks ago we actually had a full squad so um, at the moment coming to training we have anywhere from about 15 to 25 girls so we've actually got a pretty full squad and we generally field um, a full squad every week
0: that is some sensational numbers to feel, particularly for an overseas competition. And as you said, a new team like yourself in your first season.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, we're, we're so wrapped with the, the reception that we've had from from everyone here. And like I said earlier, it's such an amazing club to be around because everyone kind of really gets together. And there's a real sense of camaraderie around the club because we're so far away. From, well, some of us are so far away from that family. So it's kind of become like home away from home almost.
0: And for the London Swans as well, you told me that you're a bit of the underdogs, but you're going okay. You're in second spot so far with two wins, two losses.
2: We are, we are. So um, our coaches, uh, George and Luke, have been really good about having us play to our strengths. So um, even though we may not have the technical skills being in our first season, we are getting better, but we're a really, really good running team and we're a good tackling team. So they've, they've been able to work with us to kind of bring that out to the fore a little bit, and we're absolutely wrapped up where we are at the moment. We're sitting second on the ladder, and um, things we've got two run, uh, two wins on the trot and hopefully another one coming this weekend.
0: Can you tell us what's happened in those two wins that got you over the line?
2: Um, so our very first win um, was, I think, an incredible team effort. So we uh, we had a bit of trouble in the past having um, a push from the defensive line and a run into the forward line, but I think – In that very first win, it kind of all clicked for us. So we went and we had an incredible forward push and the other team were basically not in um, their forward line at all. Maybe we had probably about five forward 50 entries for the other team, um, whereas the ball was basically in our forward half the entire time. So I think it was the, the push forward that was really important for us in that game. In the second game, I think it was, it was a much closer game. We only won by a point, but I think it was our defensive effort. So um, we had an incredible player, um, Stephanie, who was kind of roaming the back, and then we were able to, again, set up that um, forward push from the defense. So I think it's, it's a matter of everyone clicking together. We've got amazing running mids. We've got amazing forwards. So once everyone clicks together, we, we actually see us doing really, really well.
0: Well, here's a chance for a shout-out. In your humble opinion, who are the best players in your team?
2: Oh, no. I I can't pick players from the team. We've got – so a couple of weeks ago, we had um, a player who made the the, the player of the week for the London um, competition. Her name is Vivian Winkle. She's amazing. We've got an amazing player called um, Willow Jeffries, who is basically one of our – I think she's essentially our game rugby, I think. Um, and we've also got um, some, some wonderful forward line players. We've got Emma, who is our Irish player, who is an incredible pick, um, and kick kicks I think she's our leading goal kicker at the moment. And we've got our, our midfield grunt players. We've got Kate, Ellen. We've got so many incredible players. I'm probably just going to sit here for the next 10 minutes and list every one of them for you. But I'm just going to give you the events for now.
0: Well, if people want to join the London Swans and get amongst it, where can they find more information?
2: I think the best thing to do is to um, go onto our Facebook page. It's um, the London Swans, obviously, and just send a message across and just come to training. We're all really approachable people. We have incredible social events, and it doesn't matter if you can't kick a ball because that's what we were about. Eight weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. So just come down for a kick. It's all about having fun, learning new skills, meeting new people, which is why we're in London.
0: Well, Pretty thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the 2017 AFL London Women's Competition. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Something interesting in Tasmania over the weekend in the Tasmanian State League women's competition, only one of these two scheduled matches for round seven was played, um, that being on Sunday when the Tigers 2-4-16 went down to Glenorchy 5-6-36. The game between Bernie and Clarence, which was due to be Uh, underway at 1pm last Saturday at West Park um, did not take place. In fact, it's being postponed for later in the season due to not enough umpires being available. Yep. You heard correct. They actually couldn't get an umpires panel together. So the match, essentially had to be abandoned and has been rescheduled for later in the year. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of that. I've understood uh, at lower suburban levels where they've got together obviously club umpires to umpire a match, but for whatever reason at the State League level, they couldn't get an umpiring panel together, so Bernie and Clarence will play their game later in the year. And talking about the Tasmanian State League women's competition, uh, they've got two matches coming up this Sunday. uh, At 12pm at Jelston Bay, Clarence hosting the Tigers, and at Windsor Park at 12pm, Launceston hosting the Bernie Dockers. Let's flip across to South Australia now in the Adelaide Footy League Women's Division 1, and we've got on the line to talk about it Alison Schiller from the Two Crows Podcast. Alison, how are you? I'm fantastic. Peter, yourself? Not too bad at all. Let's find out what's happened in Round 4 of Adelaide Footy League Women's Division 1. First of all, on Saturday night, Modbury played host to West Adelaide.
3: Yes.
2: Um, in what was a, a quite a lopsided the affair, um, We had Modbury eight points with the Westies on 105, which we always thought that the Westies would get over the line, but poor Modbury only got a single goal in there. But in saying that, um, Westies did keep Modbury totally scoreless in the first and final quarter, and then Westies helped themselves to 7-3 in the final just to really push home the the difference in the scoreline. For Modbury, the goal uh, goal, uh, was to Rasheem Blossom. um, Their best was Shear. And a return out for ex Monique Hollick, who still may get picked up in the draft, made her debut for the Modbury Hawks, and she provided a lot of leadership on the ground as well. Phil uh, Meach and Blumson all worked really hard, and that was a tough day for the Hawkers. The Westies, on the other hand, Chelsea Biddle, um, to helping herself to six. Rachel Martin, three. Miserio, two, with singles to Bellinger, Owen, Edwards, Trevina and Foley. <laughs> Pardon me. The best being Chelsea Bedell, uh, Martin, Solly, Mastero and Brown for that game, which was, was a tough night um, and conditions down there at for Modbury and the Sports and Community Club.
0: Let's have a look at Salisbury <laughs> Oval, 6.30pm, where the Magpies uh, hosted the Morphy Roos.
2: <laughs> yes, um, this was a cracker of a game and um, the score probably doesn't quite reflect how close it truly was at time. Uh, But before the game actually started, I caught up with a coach of Salisbury, a gentleman by the name of Richard Gray, uh, coaching his first year in the women's league. And last year, he was the um, premiership coach for the under-18 male team. So he's bringing a lot of experience and, of course, winning advantage um, down to Salisbury, which we're starting to see take effect in there. But he loves the midfield press and run and spread from defence and also lots of pressure on the ball carrier, which was definitely on display. Uh, players to watch that I got to see in first team down there at Salisbury uh, their captain Shay Gunny uh, Gunblack. she comes off half back and loves to take the game on she had a fantastic game uh, Nicole Baker Ash Woodland and some of these names I'm sure I've mentioned on a weekly basis but Danny Woods Candice Pryor Paige Allen um, and I actually got to meet young Jess Allen, um, who is the sister of Sarah Allen, who a lot of people know plays for the Crows, or Chalky. And as I call Jess now, and I'm claiming this, Chalky Jr. Um, She played in Ruck, and I'll be honest, as the game got longer, she just got better. For such a young kid and being so tall, she has a great tank, great hands, good mark, and they can rest her up forward and do what they like with her, but she, she played very well for them. Uh, Salisbury were kept scores in the first quarter with the Morphies. They'd be ruining their missed chances with going to kicking three points in what were possibly gettable goals, but Salisbury's pressure kept them at bay there. Uh, for the second quarter, Salisbury, one thing they needed to do, their players got sucked out of the forward 50 and it was often they got the ball into space in the first quarter, but there was no one there to take it. So they left a couple of players back and that was rewarded within the first couple of minutes. Um, with a beautiful kick from the pocket by Nicole Baker. With a bit of left to right swing, it had it all and then went straight through the hated little of the goals. I'll be honest, the Roos looked like they were going to take the game on and take it away. With They've got great foot skills and marking ability and they love to switch the play and run out on the opposite side. But what Salisbury did have, apart from their um, captain running around in the back lines, was their manic pressure that they brought to the ball carrier Every time that they got into their forward 50 for the Roos, which was a lot, um, Salisbury were able to put the pressure on the ball carrier, turn the ball over, and with players uh, like Dunny and also with Sedge in the middle, they just moved the ball forward at all costs. Chalky was on the outside on the wing and she was just keeping it going there. For the Roos, uh, Danny Van Hagen, for me, from my mind anyway, she practically owned the field for the Roos. She was in great touch. Caitlin Swanson, or affectionately known as Shagger, as I heard, trawled out a lot along the ground. She was into everything. Um, And Alex Big played well in defence them in her first year for football. Ellie Kellogg played well, along with Georgia Bevan. And the ever-aggressive Dana Cox uh, played well. And Northview is also just currently utilising their under-18 coach um, to help out because, as I mentioned the other week, that they don't totally have their own coach. Now, the El Capitan, Chelsea Randall, was involved in many heavy body clashes that you could hear all around the ground. But to her credit, and obviously with her tag um, of being courageous, she just simply kept going, either spun out of trouble or just ran back through the pack going the other way, which um, a lot of jaws were dropping <laughs> some of those things that she was able to get away with. There was an absolutely great contest, which turned out was actually Thorpe's first win over the roof, with were getting up 34 four. 5-4-34, that being to 2-4-16 over the room, which was, as I said, it was a great game to watch, even though it was a low-scoring affair.
0: Let's have a look at that other game in round four, where Adelaide University just keep on rolling on with a big win over Port Adelaide.
2: Yes, well, at least well, the opposition got on the scoreboard this week, so as opposed to Weston last week, we didn't get a single sausage at all, Port Adelaide managed to kick four points, which... I spoke to their coach uh, Emma this afternoon. She said unfortunately most of those were actually gettable goals as well. So they're sort of disappointed in that, but happy that they were able to put some pressure back onto Adelaide Uni. Um, <coughs> pardon me. For Adelaide Uni though, know, Kelly Balcock kicks six, and she's proving one to watch here, along with Christy Harvey and Ruth Wallace. Although Ruth Wallace, we used to hear kicking the bag of goals every week with held to 3, which is no mean feat, but Hartland, Gleason, and Gould, I think, were swung around to match up on players as well from Port Adelaide, and they did quite well on them. You also had the likes of Dana Zacevic, and I hope I got that name right with two. Kate Benton with two in singles, did Jet Lee and Nicole Colley. Best on ground for them, Christy Harvey had to get a bit mention. Ebony O'Day, Benson, Wallace, Baltrop and Lee. One thing to note, not to take away from Port Adelaide, though, they had about seven big outs for Adelaide Uni. Um, But in saying that, I also spoke to Chrissy, the coach of Adelaide Uni, saying that Port Adelaide is probably one of the teams that brought the most pressure against them. And she said, again, the scoreline doesn't reflect the pressure they got. But she said they were really fierce at the ball and um, which she said was a good test for them. So from Port Adelaide, obviously they had no goal kickers, um, but their best was Hitchcock. And uh, Jenna McCormick made her debut for Port Adelaide, pulling on the boots there. And her leadership was well noted. And her ferocity at the ball was well noted, and something that people probably hadn't pegged her for. But she gets a bit of white line fever.
1: Um,
2: as I mentioned before, half hung Gleeson and Gould doing well um, doing stopper jobs. And Beth Wandering, who I interviewed um, the other other week, she actually got into the best players, and she was moved up forward. I uh, sorry, moved up the ground uh, towards the midfield instead of just being left. She said like, so she had nothing to do in the forward. Uh, full forward, they pushed her up the ground and she worked really hard and got herself into the game from there. So, as I said, it was a tough day. Adelaide Union had been 16 to put Adelaide four points, but um, it'll be interesting next week with the games that we've got coming up.
0: Let's have a look at Round 5 in the Adelaide Mm -hmm. Footy League Women's uh, Division 1, and just the one game on Saturday at 6.30pm at Salisbury Oval with the Magpies hosting (coughs) Adelaide University.
2: This one, uh, this again, will probably be my match of the round. Uh, Will be Salisbury appear to be one of the big improvers from uh, from the the Division One this year, and it'll be really interesting to see whether they can measure themselves against the benchmark of the competition, Adelaide Uni, in which what I think will be an absolute cracker of a game at six thirty at Salisbury Oval on Saturday night.
0: Two afternoon games on the Sunday, both starting at three o'clock at Aldi Arena. The Morpethville Park Ruse hosting Modbury.
2: Yeah, this will be a very interesting game. I think the Morphe will bounce back. Unfortunately, um, keep Modbury still without a win. But I'd really love to see Modbury away from home um, at least get into the, the game a bit more and hopefully make it a closer affair.
0: And Port Adelaide hosting West Adelaide.
2: Yeah, this one should be actually a really good game. You said Port Adelaide, if they're getting the praise from Adelaide Uni about the pressure that they're bringing and would actually bring some scoreboard pressure. it would be interesting to see where they're at to measure themselves up against West Adelaide, which I think will be actually a great competition. So I'm hoping to get out to the Salisbury-Adelaide Union game and maybe sneak out to the Port Adelaide West game as well.
0: Well, thank you very much again for joining us, uh, Ali. And just before we let you go, where can people find the Two Crows podcast?
2: Yeah, you can catch us on Twitter at, at Two Crows podcast, or you can find it, on iTunes, just type in the same two Crows Podcast at TWO. And you can listen there. We have our podcast on weekly on a Monday night.
0: Okay, let's take a quick look at the AFL Canberra Women's Competition. Round 11 was played on the weekend where the ADFA Rams two behinds went down to the Ainsley Tricolors 16-16-112. Big wins there for Ainsley. Uh, at Rockley Oval, the and Tigers 8-10-58 defeated the Molongolo Juggernauts 3-3-21. At South Oval, the ANU Griffins 8-8-56 defeated the Kudamundra Blues one behind. At the Chamberlain's Lane, uh, Balcon and Magpies 11-10-76 defeated Gungarland Jets. 3-1-19 and the East Lake Demons 12-17-89 defeated the Tuggeranong Hawks just the one behind. Looking ahead to round 12 and all games being played on the Saturday. First at UNSW Canberra Oval 9.30am East Lake Demons host the Quimbian Tigers. 9.45 at Greenway Oval Tuggeranong Hawks host the Ainsley Tricolors. 10am at ADFA Oval the Rams hosting the Gungahlin Jets. At 12pm at Clark Oval the Kudamundra Blues hosting the Malongolo Juggernauts. And 12pm at the Chamber it's Balcon and Magpies hosting Riverina Lions. ANU Griffins with the bye. Time to check out what's happening in the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. And we've got on the line Lauren Hodgson. Lauren, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Peter. How are you? Not too bad at all. Great to have you on the line. Let's have a look at what happened in Round 10 footy. Uh, first of all, at Gourley Oval, the Stingray's too good for the Southern Power.
4: Yeah, it was a dominant display from the start for the Stingrays, kicking five goals to none in the first quarter. Uh, Gemma still had a day out kicking six goals for the Stingrays, and a teammate Sarah Corpiana also got among that kicking five of her own. So the final score was the Stingrays, to powers, 26.
0: Let's have a look at the game at Mahoney Park. In um, that one, it was the breakaways getting the chocolates.
4: Yeah, the Breakaways got their second win of the season with a six-goal win over the Shamrocks. Final scores being sixty to twenty-three. Uh, the Breakaways started strong with four goals in each of the first and second quarters, whilst the Shamrocks only kicked one first-half goal. Uh, Cody Briggs was strong up front for the Breakaways with three goals.
0: Sydney Uni Bombers just too good for the Auburn Penrith Giants.
4: Yeah, look, the margin was a little bit more than I expected. I thought it might have been a closer game. Uh, Sydney Uni ran out victors, 97 to 27. So it was another strong win for them there. Uh, Brush and Stack were again amongst the goals uh, for the Bombers, kicking four and three apiece, uh, whilst Brighton kicked two for the Giants, and Parent was named best on ground for the Giants.
0: And in the final game of the round, I was surprised it was uh, one-sided. I was expecting it to be a closer match, but Macquarie University doing the number on the Western Wolves.
4: Yeah, look, I also thought it would be a little bit closer. Um, still tipping a, a Warriors win, uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a massive win at home and uh, also keeping the Wolves' goalless with the final score being 74-1. to 1. Uh, Aslan Albury keeps three goals for the Warriors and was named in their top six, whilst Furniss was uh, named best on ground for the Wolves.
0: Let's have a look at round 1140, uh, all games on Saturday, July 1st this weekend. Kicking off 10 o'clock at Picket Oval with the Wolves hosting the Stingrays.
4: Yeah, look, a home game for the Wolves, um, but I'm not sure that it's going to be of much comfort as I think the Stingrays will have a, uh, another strong win on the weekend there, Peter.
0: 10.30am at Gawley Oval, the Southern Power hosting the Auburn Penrith Giants
4: yeah look I think this could be the closest game of the round uh, the sides haven't played each other yet this season if the Giants win they stay in fourth place and go two points two games clear of the power uh, which could be a really key thing uh, you know heading heading into the home stretch of the season um I, I think it's uh, I actually think the Giants may win in a close one uh, some of my power uh, friends might not be too pleased with that. Uh, That's it, but I think with a few injuries and um, players absent um, over the last few weeks and the Giants on the improve, I think the Giants may just uh, get the win here.
0: Two o'clock at Waverley Oval. The Shamrocks host Macquarie University.
4: Yeah, look, a home game for the Shamrocks, uh, but I think the Warriors will um, get another another win on the board and uh, solidify third place on the ladder.
0: 3pm at Henson Park, the Sydney Uni Bombers host Newtown Breakaways.
4: Yeah, look, uh, potentially probably one of the uh, easier games to tip, but I think the Bombers will have a uh, another strong win and continue their unbeaten streak um, with a win over the
0: Breakaways. Well, Lauren, thanks very much for joining us. We look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division.
4: Not a worry, Peter. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Time to head up to Queensland to find out what's happening in the Bond University QWAFL. And we've got our Queensland footy guru, Aaron Russell, on the line. Aaron, how are you?
3: Oh, fantastic, Peter.
0: Really good, thanks mate. Great to have you on the line. Let's have a look what happened in uh, round 11. First of all, Cooperroo went up to Maroochydore.
3: Yeah, Cooparoo tracked up to Um, Well, obviously an improvement there, looking at the scoreline. I did say it was going to be about 50 points, and that's pretty much spot on exactly what the difference was. I think that 51 points to be exact, so um, Cooper got the job done up there, uh, Shannon Campbell being the standout for uh, Um and Cooparoo headed up without a few, few guns, so... No, no, Zilke. Zilke didn't make the trip up, um, but yeah, Deegan chiming in nicely, so putting a hand up again to hopefully get a, a, a run at the Lions. Um, Ariana Riley, once some of the at troops for Brilliant, really time played played uh, considerably well uh, again, and, um, and Gibbo chimed in. As well, uh, Brittany Gibson, so she's going to really find a, a place in the side there
0: at Caparo. Final scores: fifty one. 7951, Door 128. A thriller between the UQ Red Lions and Wilston Grange.
3: Yeah, that was going to be the, the the match of the round, Peter, and uh, it definitely produced so. Um, UQ again mentioned a few times as a small side, uh, so really when they they play the the, the other. You know, opposition sides are sort of on the same picking order as them they really need I think to feel some of their keys to stand up and webb did that on the day She ended up kicking uh, four goals I believe it was um, so yeah you're showing up really standing up there and a few of the the small still chiming in uh, on the day uh, Emma Pittman who's who's been had a great uh, a great performance in under 23s against WA uh, also was one of their they're probably standouts on the day, um, and Wilson, Wilson Branch, they're, 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 they're usual performers. They just um, you know keep bobbing up, and I think they're really going to start to need to look for some of those girls that are sort of mid-range, um, you know, a di- bit deeper in their list to, to really perform for to, to, to them to have a really strong second half of the season, but Jamie Stanton, um, Charlie Randall playing really well, a few of their youngsters too, under 18 stepping up, India Con, and uh, and Yorston, so there there's some some girls that you may may hear uh, names of later down the track, that the Lions might be looking of uh, liking the look of over the next couple of years, Pete. Seven five forty
0: seven to five six thirty six, the result there, and as expected, Yoronga South Brisbane, the Devils flex their muscles over the Eagles.
3: Yeah, yeah, too t- right. Um, they, they still probably went in with a stronger side than what they, they faced uh, Zilmi with last time. Um, you know, Ransall Rant, playing, Bates playing, um, both those girls kicking kicking number of goals there. Um, and uh, probably the interesting one in that game was Emily Bliss who's been uh, a backman her entire life, playing centre-half back or full-back in key lockdown roles, ended up playing up forward and she, she kicked six, which was the most of the game. So. Uh, probably, probably the most interesting thing to take away uh, from that game. And I think Bates ended up chiming in with, with five of her own. So, um, yeah, probably probably not too much to be unexpected in that result.
0: Let's look ahead to round 12. Just the two games happening this Saturday, both at uh, quarter to five in the afternoon. Uh, first of all, got a tweets hosting Marichidor.
5: Yeah,
3: got Gatter tweet hosting Marichidor. Um, again, looking, at, as we say, Peter, you, you know, sure having a young side. Um, That's slowly getting built around Shannon Campbell um, you, you know they, They're going to have to Try and reduce that Look to, look to make up those points um, Like they were able to do uh, On the weekend against Kupuru. Um they, they reduced that deficit Obviously a big trip From, from Cooley uh, To Cooley All the way from, from Rootshaw uh, For those of you who don't know Probably looking at about Three, three and a half hours Depending on where you're coming from On the coast So It's a bit of a Bit of a, uh, bit of a bus trip for the girls uh, up north, um, you know, but they'll 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 be looking to just improve, just improve from the last time they met. Uh, Cooley, I'd be expecting Cooley to win this uh, at home, um, and uh, I think Cooley are looking to get get a couple more back too, so their list doesn't look quite strong now. So, um, yeah, I expect uh, Cooley to be too strong for for uh, Maroochydore at
0: home. And uh, finally, Yarrunga South Brisbane playing host to Wilston Grange.
3: Yeah, you're wrong, This again. Look, this gives uh, Wilson another look at where they're at. And as I said, like some of their, you know, their their top six, seven, eight players have been consistently performing, um, game in game out. A couple of youngsters are starting to step up. Um, you know, fill fill the fill the roles they needed to. Uh, you know, Randall's been playing real. Jamie santon has been playing unreal. Um, they've been missing. Uh, Jordan Membry, um, having not played for for a few rounds now. Uh, Kate Lutkin's played a fantastic game again on the weekend, so their usual charges and their lines representative girls have been playing really well. But they'll be looking for the girls deeper in their list now to sort of stand up and 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 play uh, play up to the to the level that they you know they're they're, they're capable of. Um, Yoronga again, this will this will give them. a um, you know another good test. Our side is obviously Geelong being the one that everyone's trying to knock off this year, undefeated still. Um, you know they'll, they'll they'll be out to to, uh, to to hold that point. So expect expect, expect to win win that game. Um, but I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking maybe about 20 20 point 25 points.
0: Well, Aaron, thanks very much for joining us. We look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more Bond University QWAFL.
3: No worries. Thanks again for having me,
0: Peter. Time to take a look at results on the WAWFL over the weekend. It was round number 11, and East Perth couldn't get on the scoreboard going down to Claremont. 28-21, 189. The... Tigers are flying at the moment, and we've got a story about the Claremont Tigers right now online at girlsplayfooty.com. Go check it out. South Fremantle couldn't get on the scoreboard against their rivals, East Fremantle, who racked up eleven eight seventy four. The Sharks winning comfortably there. Thunderbirds 6 four forty went down to Swan District's 8 13, 61 and the Perth Angels 5-4-34, defeated by West Perth. 14-10-94, Coastal Titans having the bye. Looking ahead to round 12, all games on Sunday, 2 p.m. starts at Alton Park, East Perth hosts Swan districts. At Bendigo Bank Stadium, the Thunderbirds host West Perth, at Fremantle Community Bank Oval, South Fremantle host Perth Angels. And at Grenville Reserve, it's the Coastal Titans hosting Claremont, East Fremantle with the bye. Time to look at the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition, and I've got on the line our Lee caller here at girls. Playfooty.com and RSN Carnival, Matthew Cox. Coxie, how are you?
5: No, I'm pretty good, Peter. How about you? A bit of a long journey I hear for you on Sunday morning. And
0: long and early. 5.30 in the morning getting up. They head down to St. Mary's Oval in Candinia Park in Geelong to see an interesting game. 8.856 Melbourne Uni defeating Geelong 3 20 But dare I say it was just two goals the difference at the three-minute mark at the final quarter. <laughs>
5: Yeah, caught a bit of the game, uh, both your commentary and following it online a bit. It seemed like Geelong did what they did two weeks ago against the Western Spurs, where they really pushed them, but just couldn't convert the opportunities going the other way. And when they leaked a couple of goals or, or had a couple of lapses, that allowed the Muggers to get on top. And as you say, 8, eight to 3 two twenty 20 the final score. Muggers, I think they've got a little bit of work to do again it looks like they fielded a a fairly full-strength side again looks like all the the popular names are there and carney blackburn ashmore eva stevenson mcintosh so it seems like they're still fielding a a pretty full-strength side which meant that they were probably a little bit worried uh, heading down to the Cattery to to face Geelong. Um, And for them, I mean, three losses now in a row after that blistering start to the year, I suppose the positive for them is that they've been really competitive in the last two games, especially obviously the the Diamond Creek game. I think they'd rather forget being blown off the park. But the last two, they've been really competitive, which Even though now they've dropped a fair way down the ladder, I think they'd be pretty happy that they're at least mixing it with some of the top sides of the competition.
0: And also balancing as well, rotating 40 players through their squad. That's what uh, Paul Hood said the plan is for the year because they're very much in development phase for year one. So when you've got to rotate all those players through, it doesn't mean you have a settled side. uh, And that can be difficult to try and get the side to click together at times
5: even having said that i mean when when i saw them a couple of weeks ago against the spurs yes they did look clunky but when there was a passage of play where their structure all lined up or you know they had a, a training run that had come together for them you could just feel that flow and, and feel the um the rhythm in their football didn't happen often but it was was there at stages and As you say, if they're in that development mode and and rotating players in and out of the side, they're probably not going to get that consistency throughout the season, which makes their wins early on really impressive.
0: After pushing the Eastern Devils last week, unfortunately for the Box Hill Hawks, they got a bit of a footballing lesson. 2-2-14 going down to Darabin 11-14-80 with Lauren Arnell back in the Falcons squad.
5: Yeah, and kicking three goals, too, for the Falcons. Uh, nice to have her back in the VFLW and, and contributing uh, very, very nicely. Named as one of the best on fields as well. For so Box Hill, yes, after a disappointing couple of weeks uh, on the par- uh, sorry, after a good couple of weeks on the park, it was a disappointing performance for them on the weekend. Um, And I suppose for for Darabin's point of view, the the win against the Muggers down in Hamilton might have just got these seasons started. I think they've got a, a little bit of a period now where they've got some teams that are probably that middle range of the bracket that they'd like to uh, get a couple of wins on the board with and, and a convincing one against the Box Hill Hawks starts that. So I think Darabin are only going to build, especially as more of these star players start to come back into the side.
0: Cranbourne and the Eastern Devils met at Frank and Holmes Oval, and it was the Eastern Devils notching up an important big victory, 12-10, 82 to Cranbourne, three straight 18.
5: It was close in the first quarter, 3-1 to two straights, uh, the Devils winning the, the first term there, but finally, well, I think we've all been searching for for the Eastern Devils, they finally made the, the statement in terms of getting a big win over one of the lower sides of the competition, they were pushed um, a week or so ago against the, the Box Hill Hawks, and they really just needed not, not a scalp, but just needed a good win under their belt. And I think that this has done it for them. Carol, Carol again amongst uh, the goal kickers, as was Livingston for them. Two goals each apiece there. And Moody Names is one of the best for Cranbourne as well. Continues her good season for the Eagles.
0: Let's head down to the Peanut Farm Reserve. And an inaccurate St Kilda trailed at quarter time before running away. Winners 7-18, 60-3 straight 18.
5: Yeah, I think when I saw the quarter time score, I thought, oh, is this, is this a potential upset on the cards? But um, unfortunately for the Tigerettes, they really didn't do much. In fact, they didn't do anything until uh, the final term where they kicked their final goal. If you're looking for a, a silver lining to the match, at least they were accurate. Three straight 18 um, to St Kilda, 718.60. Um, and I think the, the inaccuracy there, unless it was uh, really windy at the Peanut Farm Reserve, which it can be, and it was a windy day on Sunday, so it probably was. But um, I think it goes to show that they just need a little bit of assistance down forward, which we know that Taylor Harris will be coming in a little later on in the year to fill that void. But the Sharks, I think, as we've said a couple of times, Pete, they're just doing enough at the moment, banking the wins that they need to bank. They're competitive against the top sides of the competition. They're just placing themselves quite nicely heading into the back half of the season. And, of course, we have to remember they're probably the best finishing side of the competition as well.
0: And for whatever it's worth, I believe Taylor Harris won her fight as well. So that means she should be raring to go whenever she wants to pull on the footy boots again.
5: Yes, so would be looking forward to that. Just having a look at the uh, scoreboard card to, to back up the comment that I just made about the fast-finishing Sharks. They kicked, what was that, two two goals, eight in the final term. So they had 10 scoring shots in the final term to one.
0: Just accuracy being the question. A seesawing game at Plenty War Memorial Park. It was close at half time before the Creekers managed to come over the top and win 10-4-64 to the VU Western Spurs 6-5-41.
5: Yeah, it was the the top-of-the-table clash on the weekend, the one that we were all looking forward to seeing how it was going to turn out, and Diamond Creek getting over the line. Um, Not convincingly, I think the the Spurs, whilst they gave uh, the Creekers a a run for their money um, on on the scoreboard, they probably were never in control and, and never really had a chance of, of winning. It was more that the Creekers the probably left the door open longer than they should have. Um, but having said that, they're the top side of the competition. Again, it's getting to the point of the year where you, what you want to do is just bank the wins and make sure you get the points on the board and you're up the top of the ladder at the end of the season so the crakers are doing that after a very good start to 2017 and for the Spurs I think it's accurate to where they're at in terms of their development after seeing them a couple of weeks ago. They just need to be a bit more sharp and, and skillful which will, will come over time and that I think until that clicks for them is going to be the barrier for them challenging the top sides of the competition.
0: Let's take a look at what's coming up at round seven of the Swiss VFL women's competition. And uh, we kick off Saturday morning at 11am Box Hill City Oval where the Box Hill Hawks will host Diamond Creek.
5: Yeah, and fortunate for Box Hill coming off a a walloping from Darabin. They face uh, the top side of the competition, who's only dropped one game this season. You'd expect Diamond Creek, after a couple of iffy weeks where they've been pushed and and obviously uh, had the loss against the Sharks weeks ago, you'd be thinking they'd want to come out and and just get another good solid win under their belt, and I'm predicting them to do that. Hopefully for Box Hill, they can uh, be competitive like they were a couple of weeks ago.
0: At Henry Turner Memorial Reserve in Footscray, Saturday 2pm. We're on air at 1pm on RSN Carnival for our Saturday match of the day. The VU Western Spurs hosting Cranbourne.
5: Yeah, expecting Cran- uh, sorry the Spurs to, to get a good victory here. Cranbourne are obviously still in that development phase uh, that we've spoken about previously. So if they can be competitive in this match, it'll be good. But I think the Spurs need to get a a win and a good win over the line just to make themselves known around the the bottom four area of the ladder.
0: And the Spurs, of course, have a little bit of salt in the wounds because uh, last time these two teams played was at Witten Oval Footscray late last year where Cranbourne caused the boil over.
5: Yes, it was too. That's right. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a rivalry bubbling underneath, which is what we love to see in women's footy.
0: At the Elite Sports Precinct at Deakin University in Geelong, 1 p.m. Sunday, the Cats host St Kilda Sharks.
5: (laughs) You'd expect the Sharks to get over the line, but going on their performances over the last couple of weeks, Geelong can give them a run for their money. Yeah, their third quarters have been sensational, I think, um, Geelong. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Both sides not renowned for great starts uh, this season, so if it's fairly even at half time, I think it could be a toss of the coin, but I'm going to back the Sharks by a couple of goals.
0: 2pm at Melbourne University, Seaford have the tough task of taking on Melbourne Uni.
5: Yeah, I think uh, Melbourne Uni, this is uh, another game, another bit of a a breather one to them. They just need to get it under their belt and and get a bit of percentage as well um, with this match. And I think they can do it, unfortunately, for for Seaford. It's not clicking for them in 2017. And I think they'll still be without a win after Sunday's match.
0: And finally, 2 p.m. Sunday, we're on air at 1 o'clock for our RSN Carnival Match of the Day. For Sunday, the Eastern Devils host the Darabin Falcons for the Catherine Watton Cup.
5: Yeah, one of the special days in women's footy. It's become a fixture in the calendar for for these two sides. Always a big crowd there. Plenty of cakes too, which uh, I think the commentary team really, really enjoy. Um, And look, Going on form, you'd have to say Darabin. Um, I think this time last year we went into it thinking, uh, could, could, well, Darabin are probably going to win this one pretty convincingly and, and the Devils really pushed them up until about three-quarter time from memory. I, I, I think this in some way, shape or form uh, is the Devils' opportunity to to put a line in the sand and say, right, we've had a, had a very – uh, well, interesting start to the season. We haven't been too successful. This is the chance where we can show everyone that we mean business. And I think because of the significance of the day too, they might lift a little bit. Hopefully they'll get some of those key players back in the side to, to help their cause out. But I'm expecting Darabin to, to get over the line and continue the, the good form that they've found over the last couple of weeks.
0: Just to make the devil's task a little bit harder, it's expected that Daisy Pierce will be back this Sunday.
5: Oh, that's, <laughs> the, the timing's perfect for them, isn't it? <laughs> and, and if uh, Arnell plays as well, then you've got uh, the best midfield in the competition back up and firing.
0: And that could be danger signs. And, you know, if the Devils are going to win, they're going to have to do it the hard way. Well, Coxie, thanks very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more Swiss wellness VFL women's football.
5: Yeah, another big round of footy. Looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds and, uh, yeah, looking forward to catching up with you next
0: week. And that wraps up another edition of Girls Play Footy. A quick reminder, you can download this program as a podcast from Thursday mornings by going to iTunes or SoundCloud and searching for Girls Play Footy. And keep a look out on our Twitter account, Girls Play Footy, and our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Girls Play Footy, for all the latest women's footy news, plus, of course, all the times that we're bringing you our VFL women's coverage live on rsn carnival you'll find it first on our social media channels and don't forget to look through all the latest women's footy news by going to our website you can read it all in detail at girlsplayfooty.com i'm peter holden thank you very much for your company and it's bye for now